When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game and can declare itself mercifully hangover free. I'm Kevin Day <laughs> and he's Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. Um, I say that, Kieran, it's, this show's going out Thursday morning. I may not be hangover free. I'm hangover free now because we're recording it on Wednesday evening. Right. A, a couple of friends of Ali's have just turned up and by the look of them, they're not here to read books. So <laughs> there might be a lot of hangover in the morning. It's, it's news day today, Kieran, um, and there's a lot of news to get through. So let's get through this first story and see if I can do it without a terrible pun. A, the Czech businessman, Daniel Kretinsky, has completed his purchase of a 27% stake in West Ham. That check won't be bouncing, will it? Hey! <laughs> hey! hey. <laughs> and that's without a hangover. <laughs> yes, so uh, Mr. Kretinsky has bought a minority stake in, in West Ham. And if people are wondering, why has he only bought 27%? It's because... Under the arrangement that uh, David Gold and David Sullivan have with the Greater London Authority, if they sell more than 30% of the club to anybody else, they then have to pay some of the profits back to the GLA on, on a sliding scale. Right. So um, if West Ham fans are wondering, is this as far as it's going to go? Well, that particular deal expires in... 2023. So we've still got a couple of years to go. Um, now, it values the club at around about £600 million, which is considerably higher than the other party who was knocking around a few months ago called PAI Capital. I think yeah. they valued it at around about 400 So in, interesting times. I mean, you know, West Ham are in, increasing the capacity of the stadium. It's going up to 62,000. I think they're hoping to get it to 67, so he's buying an asset which is is getting bigger and bigger. It's in London, which is uh, appealing to uh, it's appealing to investors and it's imp- appealing to tourists as well. Um, not that West Ham have much of a tourist fan base, but I suspect he's looking at that as an opportunity. Um, where this leaves David Gold and David Sullivan is a bit uncertain. I think David Gold's share now drops to yeah around about 10 15% on the back of this. Um, I think perhaps he's trying to look for an exit route potentially from the club. David Sullivan, it's less certain because I know some of his children are involved with the football club and they are West Ham mad. So whether he wants to hand over a legacy to them is is a bit uncertain. So these shares, he hasn't bought 27% of one owner's shares. Has he presumably this is... Three of them have have sold some of their shares to him. Is that right? Yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, if, if a if a cl- new investor comes in, um, there, there's two ways of uh, buying into the club. First of all, the club can issue some shares to the investor, 
And the advantage of that is that the club gets the money and then the club can invest that in whatever it sees fit. It could use it to pay down debt. It could use it to uh, invest in the squad. It could use it in, to invest in, the, in the, the training facilities and so on. Or alternatively, you can buy the shares from some of the existing shareholders. And there's there's normally something for a private company such as West Ham called preemption rights, mm. um, where if uh, if somebody is thinking of buying the other shareholders of first dibs, which I think is the legal phrase uh, in in terms of that they they have first refusal to acquire the shares, or they they, they normally tend to agree it amongst themselves that uh, they'll they'll let this new person in. M- my understanding. As far as West Ham is concerned, there's a bit of both. So the club's got a bit of extra money, and the existing owners uh, have uh, have realised part of their their investment as well. See, I can't remember because I probably never knew how much Gold and Sullivan bought West Ham for in the first place. But I'm guessing there's a considerable profit being made by both of them here. Um, yes, I mean they they bought the club um, at a time when it was very distressed. It had an Icelandic bank as an owner. Uh, who who was in uh, deep financial problems uh, as a result of the uh, two thousand and seven eight uh, economic crash, uh, which which impacted upon many banks. So so they bought it at, at a uh, relatively minor price. They they have put money into the club that that has to be uh, that they, uh, that has to be uh, communicated, um, and they've also charged interest on on those loans. They will say. Given the the risk involved at uh, at West Ham, the the interest rates they charged were um, bargain basement rates, as far as they're concerned. And, and David Sullivan's often said he, he could have earned more money with his mu- he could have earned more interest on his money by by putting it elsewhere. So that's that's their justification. It has upset some West Ham fans, um, but uh, you know they ultimately. Is West Ham a business or is it a football club? Yeah, you know, we 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 look at football clubs through different lens depending yeah. upon uh, where where you are in terms of the relationship. Now, this next story, Kieran, is uh, very germane to a subject we've been talking about a lot, and it fully illustrates the difference between the image that betting companies want to project as responsible grown-up adults when the fun stops stop and what they actually are. And pressure is growing on the EFL to ditch their sponsorship deal with Skybet after the company mistakenly emailed recovering addicts gambling promotions. Yes, um, uh, Skybet have come out and said it was a systems error investigation. Uh, we are we offer a, you know, a full a full apology with regards to this. What happened is that one of uh, Skybet's you know, many, many tentacles uh, is called Sky Vegas. Um, and uh, now, now, how somebody, you know, if, if you're a recovering addict, you should, you should either be on a very sensitive email list, i.e. don't ever contact this person again, yeah. um, or, or you just deleted their email address. Um, Sky, Sky Vegas offered them free spins um, on, on the roulette wheels and the, the, the online fruit machines. And, those are very much geared, yeah, just like all fruit machines are, as, as anybody's ever experienced these things. To uh, you know, they they give you dopamine hits, and, and they are very addictive. And from the perspective of the gambling company, the great thing about them is that they've got guaranteed returns. Whereas mm. you, you uh, the, the bookies can lose money uh, on on the football; they can lose money on the horses from um, what they consider 
to be problem gamblers, which are, of course, the, the professional gamblers. We, we had Anthony on the show a few weeks ago. He, he can't place a bet in any online bookie in the UK under his own name because um, they'll say, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, you know, we're, we're not actually... Uh, we're not actually the, the same people we like to portray ourselves yeah. on the on the adverts where there's lots of people with big smiling faces. Um, we just want your money. Um, so it, it puts the EFL in a really sticky position. Uh, the the deal that they have with Skybet is is worth around about forty million pounds a year. Um, you know they'll come out and say, well, you know we've done our research and. We don't think there is an issue with problem gambling. That that can look pretty crass at times. You know, I, I've seen uh, widows of people who have who have lost their lives who, as a result of these uh, uh, these free spin uh, mechanizations, and it is uh, it, it just makes makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, and, and Skybet are now owned by a company called Flutter. Mm. And, and this is the this used to be um, this used to be Paddy Power uh, and Paddy Power. Then they then they merged with Betfair, um, and and it's indicative, I think, of the industry is that is that they are they, they they're constantly changing their names of their holding companies. So so Labrooks is now called something like Entame, uh, and you go, well, why is that? Well, you know, it, it's it's for the same reason that uh, yeah, we we now have Sellerfield and. You know, if, if if something is is a bit tainted, you you go around changing the name. You, you don't see Apple ever suggesting it's going to change its name. Uh, you know, the the industry does have practices which are um, well, they're, they're they're aimed at maximizing a return, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the the idea of them really caring about the these people that they they don't want they don't want to see anybody suffer. Let's be honest. You know, you know we both know people that work there. Um, that's not their intention, but it's you know, collateral damage. Yeah, I don't like the bloke on the Sky Vegas ad. Never met him. Possibly a very nice chap, but something about him really annoys me. It's just illogical. He just looks like a Scandinavian wrongen for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> it's the moustache. No, it doesn't suit him. He's too pleased with himself. Uh, uh, do you know what? I'm probably better when I'm hungover. My mind's too clear. My mind's too clear, Kieran. Um, the government's fan-led review of football is expected to be completed next week, but it seems that the Premier League and the EFL are no closer to agreeing on the ways that money should be redistributed. Yes, I mean, you know, we've we've had contact with Tracy Crouch, of whom we you know, we, we both have a, a very high opinion. She, she's independently minded. Um, and uh, I think her view is the government ideologically does not want to interfere with the industry. And it would rather that the Premier League and the EFL resolve their differences around the table, come up with a distribution method which is tolerable to both parties. Yeah, every, nobody's ever going to be completely happy. Um, and therefore, it will allow things to go forwards. But if this report uh, in, in one of the papers, I think it was in the mail, uh, and, and, and the... Uh, I know people might ideologically not be necessarily uh, aligning with the mail, but their 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 sports journalists tend to normally yep. have pretty good sources. Is my yep. in, in my view. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we always just try to separate that as well. Um, the, uh, the the position is that the EFL want twenty five percent of a pooled TV deal. Um, this. 
yeah, they will say that that was part of Project Big Picture. My my view, having read Project Big Picture, was that uh, it was twenty five percent of what was left over after the Premier League clubs were allowed to sell eight of their home games directly to the consumers overseas. So it's it's twenty five percent of a uh, yeah, under Big Picture, it was twenty five percent of a much much smaller pie. Uh, you know, if, if if they can get this, then that would be fine. Um, but you know, the, the Glazers and John Henry are, are no friends of Morecambe and Accrington Stanley, so I can't see them yeah. giving a hoot. And, and looking at some of the comments that John Henry has made historically, where he's he's already grumbling about uh, having to, in his words, subsidise other football clubs. Uh, I, I think there is going to be a bit of an on pass. Mm. Speaking of pie, nice accent, by the way, there. Um, <laughs> what was the guest pie at Brighton on Saturday? Um, well, do you know, I, I, I didn't have one this week <gasps> because it was a 5.30 kickoff and uh, we were going out for a meal afterwards. So I was under strict instructions from the Baroness. I'd, I'd already upset her because I suggested that we go to see Bootleg Blondie. Um <laughs> <laughs> which is a fan. I, I, I like my tribute bands, uh-huh. uh, and she, yeah, she said, "No, no, no." I know what you like when you start thinking about Debbie Harry. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, did, I didn't have a pie. Well, I'll, 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 I'll find out because uh, we, we've got another five thirty kickoff uh, coming up soon. I, I can, but admire your devotion to the Baroness, Kieran, because I think most people listening to this would have happily gone and said, no, "Of course, I won't have a pie." And then just not told them. But the, uh, actually, the Baroness would know if you'd had pie. You, you've got guilt written all over you, and you. Which, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like my uncle Terry. Considering the life you've lived, you, you, your poker face is terrible. <laughs> um, Premier League clubs may have to get all new sponsorship deals approved by the Premier League before they can be announced. And I'm going to say to you, Kieran, what I've said about just about every story in the last three weeks is this to do with Newcastle and the well, takeover. Well, the Premier League will say it's got nothing to do with Newcastle, but that's bollocks. Um, this this is all driven by a fear that Newcastle will sign commercial and sponsorship deals with uh, entities in the Middle East at non-market values. Now, so under under the present rules, um, if you if you go into the the Premier League handbook, it says that if a football club signs a deal with what's referred to as a related party. So it's it's either the owners or another company owned by the owners or one uh yeah one one of the owners uh family and so on then um that has to be subject to to scrutiny and what that will happen is that they'll they'll get a bunch of uh, management consultants uh, along and They'll they'll be charging them you know thousand pounds an hour, and they'll say, well, we, in our opinion, it's worth X. And if it's if, if it's signed for more than X, you're, you're, you'd only be allowed to use X uh, as as part of your financial fair play uh, uh, calculations. Now, you know, for, for example, we, we we have mentioned this on many occasions. Um, Ever- Everton's uh, owners former business partner who does not own any shares in Everton Football Club and is therefore not a related party, uh, he, he, he sponsored, uh, or rather he signed a deal for £35 million about um, for the naming rights of a stadium which didn't exist. Yeah. And under, yeah, we said at the time, uh, yeah, hats off, they've, they've, they've found a way to circumvent the rules um, and all's tickety-boo. 
Um, what the Premier League are now proposing, or what I think it looks like Premier League owners are now proposing, is that every single sponsorship deal has to go before the beak uh, to get approval. And if they think it's a bit high, then they'll get these management consultants along, you know, brand valuation experts or whatever they choose to call themselves. And they will say, well, in our opinion, it's worth so much. Um, and therefore, we think it's, uh, it's, it's overvalued. Isn't uh, you know, this now legendary Premier League meeting a couple of weeks ago, which broke up in acrimony, it, it wasn't that partly because Newcastle threatened to do just that, that they, they announced that that was their intention. So with hindsight, that would seem to be a kind of strange move if the Premier League, because this will just go through all, with 14 votes, won't it? Um, yes, I mean at the at the Premier League meeting recently, I think it was eighteen uh, to to put up a temporary ban on related party transactions. Uh, Manchester City, uh, I think they they abstained because they they saw the direction of travel. Um, right. And they they think that some of the other clubs are yeah. There's there's a history between Manchester City because we know that uh, quite a few of the clubs in the uh, in the Premier League were were putting pressure yeah. uh, on UEFA and apparently also the Premier League. And uh, you know I, I keep being told that the, the Premier League's investigation into Manchester City's uh, sponsorship deals has not yet concluded, although it seems to be. It seems to be very quiet at present on on that particular story. So yeah, uh, there, there's clearly a bad feeling. I, I don't think Newcastle would have been as crass as to say we're going to sign a, a load of sponsorship deals. Right. I think it was just well, th- this this is the anticipation. Um, there are, however, many other ways to circumvent financial fair play rules. Um, so all that will happen is uh, you know our. Our silver tongue friends in the legal and accounting professions, they will just be uh, you know, work, working a bit more overtime and, and coming up with more schemes, uh, which which are within the rules. And that's, that's what creative accounting is all about. Now, Kieran, if any people have spent more time hung over than me recently, it's probably Derby County fans. And this isn't going to help because the hearing date for their appeal against a 12-point deduction for going into administration has been adjourned. Yes, this was. Uh, I think this was put out in one of the papers. It was confirmed by the EFL. Um, now, in the last hour, so since we wrote the original script, um, I've I've seen. Um, uh, I think John Percy of the Telegraph. He has tweeted that uh, the administrators are now going to accept a further nine point penalty on oh, top right. of the twelve points. We, oh, now, now the EFL, of course, have said, "Well, we've said nothing about this." The the administrators have said, "We've we've said nothing about this." But you know, he's a journalist; he, he will have his sources on one side of the uh, of, of the equation or the other. So we don't know exactly what's going on. Um, my understanding from uh, you know, doing doing a bit of ferreting and talking to uh, we've got friends who are journalists as well was that uh, originally what the uh, what the administrators and the EFL wanted to do is to effectively to bundle together all of the points deductions because it's absolutely critical if you if you if you want to buy uh, if you want to buy a football club the first thing you want to know is a what am i getting and yeah. b how much money is the club going to be generating now on a 12 point penalty Derby County have got a they've got a chance yeah. of avoiding relegation. Twenty one point, I think we can say, you know, it, it's it, it drops to pretty close, pretty close to zero. 
Um, and therefore, that would Im- that would impact upon what a prospective owner is uh, willing to pay. You know, would would you be would you be happy paying sixty million pounds plus for a club in League One? Probably not, especially given that remember Derby County don't own their stadium, and we we don't know what the position of Mel Morris is. You know, he's he's the person whose financial mismanagement has has ultimately caused the club to go into administration. Of course, he will say that that's not the case, and it's all to do with the EFL and uh, COVID, but uh, you know, other, other people have other opinions. Um, so that, that's where we are. Yeah, you, you've got to feel so much for, for Derby fans because Wayne Rooney has done a very sterling job under very yeah. trying circumstances. Um, you know, without giving too much away, we've been contacted by people from Derby because they're not getting much communication. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I used to work in the insolvency industry, so I'm saying, well, yeah, when I used to do it, th- these were your rights. This is what you're entitled to do, and so, and so on. Um, and, and I think there has been a disappointment with uh, in in terms of communication. Yeah, people are more importantly about than points deductions. People are worrying about whether they've got jobs, whether they can pay the mortgage this month, whether they can, uh, you know, afford to pay the groceries in a couple of months, and so on. And uh, it 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 is absolutely essential i think in in running a good administration is that you you treat people with dignity and you you keep them as informed as you can do and it's it's not pleasant uh, especially if you know that there is bad news coming out when I, I mean the reason why i got out of it because i was just shit at it uh, yeah, yeah. If, I, if I knew there was going to be bad news coming up I, w- I wouldn't be able to sleep and i think you you have to be very uh very very, very certain and, and very, very abrupt at sometimes, but uh, in terms of the way that you, you compartmentalize your own life. Um, but at the same time, keep people in the loop as much as you can. They, they do appreciate it. The staff aren't there to be awkward. The staff don't particularly care who pays them in three months' time, so long as it's somebody. And uh, you know, the, the, more, the more knowledge that they have is, is the better for their own peace of mind. Yeah. Uh, had I known you were going to break that news, Kieran, I would have given that story a much less light-hearted introduction than I did. Right. It came through uh, just a few minutes ago. Yeah, well, yeah, see, the irony is I've been working on a topical news quiz all day, so anybody <laughs> should know about breaking news is me. Um, yeah, my, uh, apologies to any Derby fans listening. Um, uh, it's totally unintentional. Of course, our heart, as Kieran says, goes out to all of you worried about your futures at the club. Still in the championship, Kieran, you've been looking at the numbers and found that clubs in that basket case of a division have lost. I, I can't bring myself to read this number out because I think Guy may have made a mistake, but it's a huge, huge figure since 2013. Um, yes, it is uh, £3.25 billion. Pounds. Um, Mary, yeah. yeah, and, and the trouble is, yeah, we, we, we now just we, we, we start shouting out these numbers as as if they they are something which we can relate to, but we can't. You know, I, I, you know I'm, the, the producer guy is closer to that number than you or I, as we're aware. But um, it's it's a ridiculous amount of money. And um, when, when I did the analysis, I, 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 you, know, you, you know what I'm like, because I'm so, so OCD, if somebody asks me a question, I have to try to find out the answer if it involves numbers, because otherwise I, I just get really twitchy. Um, so, so I went in and I dug out all of the figures for the past six or seven years, and uh, the, the concern is is not just that the clubs are losing money, it's but it's that the losses increased every single year. 
in the championship. Um, and it sort of links back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to – there's no reason why the EFL should ditch that sponsorship deal with Skybet if there is no legislation coming through and if uh, if gambling adverts are going to be allowed on television um, and, and other media forms. You know, why, why, should the fo- why should the football industry take a, a particular moral and ethical perspective if – the rest of the world isn't. Now, individual clubs have said we're not happy about it, and I fully understand that. Um, and also, the EFL will be in breach of contract. So, yeah, I'm I'm no fan of the gambling industry, but when you see the clubs losing these amounts of money, you, you can understand why why Rick Parry and Trevor Birch will say, well, you know, they're, they're paying us more than anybody else and, and just look at the losses. There have been some strange goings-on at a company called Cantervale Holdings Limited. Yes, this, this sounds a bit Agatha Christie, doesn't it? Um, it does. This is a company which was uh, set up a couple of years ago, and at the time it had uh, one pound's worth of shares, and uh, that one share was owned by somebody called Amanda Staveley. Um, and then what Whoa. we've seen in the in the past uh, week or two is. Um, it, it issued thirty-eight million pounds worth of shares, and, and people going, "Well, what's that for?" Because you know, we thought the deal was three hundred and five million, and then it issued a further three hundred and six million pounds worth of shares, which looks like that's the money which is going to be used to pay off Mike Ashley. So um, the uh, the smart money in terms of what are they doing with the other thirty-eight million that would appear to be indicative of the the, the club has. Uh, other costs, that has other commitments, it's losing money, and therefore it's effectively a, a plug from the uh, from the shareholders to uh, to allow the club to to meet its other financial obligations for the next few months. So, um, where Cantervale Holdings is going to go long term, uh, it, it, we're not sure. Uh, it, it's a it's clearly Newcastle is owned eighty percent by the PIF, ten percent by the the mysterious and, and very quiet Ruben Brothers. Um, and ten yeah. percent by the sort of the front of house Amanda Staveley, and, and lots of people keep asking me how much money do Newcastle have to spend? And, and to be honest, it's you know, it's, it's an open ended question. You can fully understand it. If Amanda Staveley and the Rubin brothers have always got to put up twenty percent of what Newcastle have got to spend, then that is going to act as an anchor. Is the PIF going to increase its stake on a longer-term basis? We, we don't know. Or is it going to uh, provide Newcastle United with funds through through a non-share issue? Uh, that that could be another alternative, which leads us back to, again, one of our other questions, We've had, or other topics we've looked at today with regards to sponsorship. Uh, yeah, so strange goings-on. And does the, f- the founding of Cantervale Holdings predate – interest in Newcastle United from the Saudis, or was it roughly the same time? Well, um, No, if, if you think about it, um, Mike Ashley has been having discussions with Amanda Staveley on and off for, yeah. for a long period of time. Um, clearly, she must have had some form of encouragement. Uh, not that it yeah, only costs buttons to set up a company, um, but that, that was created... Uh, it, it was effectively a dormant company, and, and then it's exploded over the course of the last week or two. Hi, I'm 
Steve Lamack and every week I'm joined by Music Allies Head of Insights Stuart Dredge on The Price of Music, the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry. In each episode we discuss the very latest goings on in the music business and dig into the finances behind the big stories. So whether you're a music lover who just wants to know more about what really goes on in the industry or you're an aspiring musician, manager or label owner who wants some inside knowledge on how Spotify's financial model really works or what the future holds for independent live music venues, this is a show for you. Subscribe to The Price of Music in your podcast app now. See you soon. Okay, well, on a similar note, I suppose, a motion has been submitted to the upcoming Bayern Munich AGM to force the club to commit to ending its sponsorship deal with Qatar Airways. Yes, uh, yeah, we're we're big fans of German football fan culture. um, And I think the contrast... Uh, with the, the, the culture in this country. I'm not saying one's better than another, but they are, they are certainly different. So Bayern Munich has uh, had a relationship with Qatar Airways since 2016. Um, there have been grumblings from fans uh, throughout. And at the most recent match uh, that Bayern played, um, they they had a picture of, I think it's, it's Uli Honus, the, uh, the chief exec or the chairman. Yeah. Um, uh, with the banner saying uh, "We'll wash anything for money," wow. um, with you know clearly directing that towards Qatar Airways, and uh, because uh, the 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 shareholdings in German football are uh, are much broader than they are in in uh, most clubs as far as the UK is concerned, um, it looks like some fan groups have now put together this motion with uh, with a suggestion that uh, that Bayern. Uh, relinquish the relationship they have with Qatar Airways uh, purely because of the, the human rights records uh, that, that have arisen uh, over the course of uh, you know, recent years, and how that's how that's going to uh, play out, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Because if you take a look at Bayern's biggest shareholders, their their companies such as you know, Audi, Volkswagen, and and Bayer, and, and so on. Um, and therefore, you know, they might be sensitive. Uh, we, we are living in, uh, you know, a, a, a cultural time where where uh, corporate social responsibility is something which uh, companies are very, very concerned about. So uh, it'll be intriguing to see how this one goes. Uh, you know, does does the money help? Uh, you know, according to. Bayern's executives, it, it helps them compete with the other European giants, and therefore it's uh, it's, it's a useful source of income. Um, as far as the fans are concerned, Bayern have also got relationships with other sponsors, so why you know one less isn't going to make a huge amount of difference. It's interesting, Kieran. I did a, an interview uh, just a couple of weeks ago uh, for German TV with a very nice journalist talking about fan culture. Uh, It was based around the Newcastle takeover. And she didn't know that much about football, but she was was saying that, you know, she understood that certainly uh, during the 90s and 2000s, uh, German football clubs and football fans were very envious of English fan culture and, and copied it to a certain extent. And that's... I find turned on its head now, and increasingly, English football fans are, are, are envious of German fan culture, aren't they? Yeah, yes, they are. But you know, they're, they're, I think to me, Germany and England are the two. You know, I, I think Germany's the closest country to to the, to England in many many respects, um, and 
if we go back six months, it was English football fans who prevented the European Super League being created. It was yeah. that, that yeah. coming together. And that was something to be very proud of. And I think for a, a motion like that, they, the fans are brilliant. When it falls into self-interest, then you know, sort of tribalism sometimes takes over. Yeah. Um, very good news, it seems like, for women's football uh, in that CBS Sports has secured a deal to broadcast the FA Women's Super League in 22-23 and 23-24. Yes. Um, so, you know, you're, you're always fighting for airspace for, for any product um, when it comes to sport. And this, this, this is, as you said, it's a, it's a two-year deal. CBS already have the uh, NWSL, the the American equivalent of the Women's Super League, um, as part of their roster. And um, it is noticeable that that women's football um, has a probably a, you know, a relatively higher profile compared to men's football in the US than it does over here, because you know the, the Women's Super League is still in a in a growth phase. Um, but it, it's great that yeah, a, a product which does look good. I, I shouldn't be calling it a product. Yeah, that makes me sound That's like yeah, that makes, makes me sound like one of them. Um, and you know, we 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 are fans. Um, but yeah, you know, women's football is is fantastic to watch, and. Uh, it's 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 now starting to develop a, a TV audience, and, and that's why more and more sponsors and broadcasters are getting involved. Do we know how much the deal will be worth? No, no, that's the that's the one thing that hasn't been communicated. Um, they, they tend to be a bit coy on, on these uh, because uh, I suspect part of the reason for that is that the Premier League is due to announce its renewal of tv rights in the in the us and, and there has been talk of some uh that going up by 50 percent potentially so i think it, it, it's perhaps better that uh, the two things aren't aren't shown because people will make comparisons and that they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're different it's just, and therefore i don't think comparisons are are, are necessarily uh, appropriate but CBS, Kieran, are major players. So the fact that they're committing to a two-year deal indicates that they have some confidence that the women's football in this country is is going to continue growing at quite some pace, don't they? Yes, yeah, because they, they 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 wouldn't have signed it unless they feel that they can they can deliver that as part of a package. Um, we've seen some of the the players from the American game uh, coming across here to the UK, um, increasing, you know, and therefore what the people at CBS will think, well, if, if some of our star players are playing in the UK, we will have people that will be willing to watch them. So um, they, they, they are a, a large organisation, as of course we know, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's part of the growth of the women's game, which has got to be encouraged. Mm. Uh, this is a story that I think, Kieran, you predicted a couple of weeks ago. The San Francisco 49ers have increased their stake in Leeds United to 44%. Uh, and it comes back to our very first story, Kieran, that sometimes fans don't always understand why uh, owners increase a stake in clubs incrementally rather than buying it out, um, outright or getting a majority share as quickly as they can. Yeah, I think as as far as the 49ers are concerned is that they are still learning about the game. Um, what they now have, and remember, we, we had Parag from the 49ers on the show Indeed. some time ago. Nice um, chat. Yeah, very, you know, very, very keen uh, with, you know, very much from a, a, a marketing and commercial background. And that's the one area of growth which I think Leeds can really tap into. Um 49ers are 
uh, an organization which does have a focus on the bottom line. They would have only increased their investment in Leeds United if they felt that um, it would be financially benefit them on on a, you know, presumably on a long term basis. So I think it's a vote of confidence uh, in the club. Um, uh, Radrazani, the, the the Leeds majority share owner, he's he's not given any indication that he is uh, planning to to sell the club to the 49ers at a later date. But you know, certainly they are in a in a very strong position. Should he choose to do so, Leeds have spoken about expanding Elland Road to you know. 50, 55, 60,000 capacity. That is going to cost money. I don't think Rad Rizani has those resources himself, whereas the 49ers are more likely to be able to tap into uh, American markets for that. So you, you can see the logic of, of what they've done. Um, and um, they feel that, that Leeds as a club, and we, 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 know, we all know where, where Leeds are, are in the pecking order, is, is perhaps not generating enough uh, commercial income given the size of the club and given the potential of the club? Uh, This, Kieran, is a a rookie question, but when uh, an owner has as much as 44% of the club but not uh, a full majority, how much influence does that actually bring for them? Well, ultimately, the the decisions at a club are made at board level and it it is the, the respective owners who have the ability to appoint directors. Now, normally, if you go through a particular threshold, that will give you, you know, quite often you will insist, I, I, I therefore can appoint two directors to the board and therefore I will have, my voice will be heard. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that your your voice will always, uh, your, your arguments will always be followed, but uh, it, it gets you a seat at the table. And if you've got progressive ideas, and, and I think the 49ers do, then I, I would imagine that uh, Rad Rizani, although he's got a majority shareholding, um, it, it's, his, it's in his interests to to take uh, to take heed of some of those ideas because if it increases the value of the club and he does decide to sell, he'll be able to extract more money from a sale. Yeah. Uh, two stories, Kieran, to go. And the first is that the Premier League has rejected a proposal for clubs to wear their away kits on Boxing Day to support a homeless charity. Why have they done that? Um, yeah, this is um, this is in respect of uh, Shelter, who are an absolutely fantastic organisation. Um, they they approach the the Premier League, and what they want to highlight is that there are a lot of people who don't have a home, uh, and effectively, the I think the the, the tagline of the uh, of, of the campaign was you know, away from home, um, and get and get clubs to do this now. Yeah. Um, to be fair to the Premier League, I I did have a word with them and say what what's the position here, and their response was effectively, we get an awful lot of applications from charities. Um, we we try to allocate those which you know get approval um, at board level, um, but we can't just take on one um, and, and give it priority over others. Having said that, I think there were some individual clubs, um, and I think my club Brighton here were included, who um, who said, "Yeah, we, we quite like that idea." Yeah. Um, so, and and I, and I was sent the the rules for the wearing of kits, and it, it does appear that you're supposed to wear your your home kit um, at a at a match. Could the Premier League take a 
a, a slightly more relaxed view if one of you know, or a few of the clubs, and, and it's down to individual decisions. Um, if a few of the clubs decide to to support this, um, I, I'm I'm sure that they would do so. So um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So it's it's not going to be for all ten games on Boxing Day, and it it will be uh, you know, possibly none, ideally a few. Well, there won't be ten games on Boxing Day. That's a trouble, will there? Right, there'll be yeah, three. Yeah. There will be three games on Boxing Day, and then two at midnight the night after. And uh, we started with a good news uh, story, Kieran, which is that I didn't have a hangover, uh, <laughs> and I really, I'm not enjoying this clarity at all. It's just strange. It, I, I, I've not even put my glasses on. I can actually read the script. The script <laughs> that makes it sound very professional, doesn't it? Uh, I can actually read the things that Guy has bashed out on the typewriter. Literally. It's down to San Francisco 49ers leads 44%, and I extrapolate from that what's going on. But <laughs> um, this is a good news story, and it's from a club, Kieran, that uh, has been on the good step for quite some time. Uh, so we're not surprised that they've done this, and the opponent's response to it has been fantastic. Uh, Lincoln City are going to give their share of the profits from their FA Cup tie at the weekend to their opponents, Bowers and Pitsy FC. And... Lincoln City, I, I saw the response of the Bowers and Pitsy manager to the way Lincoln treated the club in general on the whole day and how it made their players will always, he said, will remember it for the rest of their life. And it, it, it yeah, as my granddad always says, it's nice to be nice. It doesn't take much of an effort to treat people correctly, which Lincoln City clearly did. And the bonus is that they're giving them some extra money, which for a club like Bowers and Pitsy from the ESPN League is fantastic. Yes, yeah, and and you've got to give credit here first of all to the to the board uh, at uh, at Lincoln, and I, you know, I've I've got to know Clive and, and Liam a yeah. little bit myself. Um, they are the type of owners that make you proud to be football fans in yeah. in the sense that they that they see the the club as as being that that lightning rod for for all that is good uh, as being a, a part of the community. Um, and the attendance at the match on on Saturday was five thousand eight hundred. So yeah, that's yeah. that yeah. was that was pretty good in itself. Um, the way that the uh, I think think I've got this right. It's normally that uh, after deducting yeah, the running costs, both clubs get forty five percent of the of the profits, and I think ten percent goes to the FA, which is then used sort of you know to to cover admin and so on. Um, so for for Lincoln to uh, to sacrifice their share. Um, is uh, is a is a very noble thing to do, but also as, as you rightly said, yeah, the, the Bowers and Pitsy managers said we were just made so welcome. We yeah. we, we chatted, yeah, we, we weren't sort of treated as you know you're, you're a few divisions below us. Uh, you know, thanks for coming up. Uh, you know, good good luck and and, and off you go. Um, and at a time when various parts of uh, society today and various people in positions of power uh, continue to embarrass us uh, to have good people in football and yeah, it's it's not just Lincoln you know we both love Andy Holt at Accrington we you know the Palioses at uh, uh, at Tranmere and many many other clubs as well um this 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 is this this is a good news story and it's something that we should celebrate you see, I'm I'm lucky, Kira, because I I was working. If I got news for you yesterday, so I got to spend the day writing jokes about Sleaze and uh, Boris Johnson, which is I can tell you is very cathartic. 
especially especially the jokes that have got no chance of ever being broadcast. <laughs> you still write them but also, and I'm sure, what made me smile about this story, and I'm, and I'm sure inadvertently one or two COVID regulations were, were probably breached, but I just love the fact that uh, Bowers and Pitsy, like you know, Michael Appleton took some of the players into the uh, the bar with the Bowers and Pitsy players, just chatted for half an hour, and it, and it would have made those yeah, they and they played very well. Apparently, yeah. they, only, yeah. they only they only lost one nil, but they would have walked out there feeling seven foot tall. And that's and like I say, it doesn't take much for the club to do that. And it's and uh, yeah, those simple gestures are remembered. And also, it makes Lincoln City fans feel better about themselves, yeah. and and so they should. And we've discovered, Kieran. Let's face it: over the past eighteen months, that more clubs behave like that than don't. So yes. again, we've got far more, you know, seeing Marcus Rashford get his award this week, we've got far more reasons to be proud of football than to be ashamed of it, whatever the tabloid press might continue to try and tell us. Now, if you'd like to make a small monthly contribution to the pod, uh, a lot of which I have to say recently has gone on paracetamol, um, <laughs> then you go to patreon.com slash price of football. And if you have a question you'd like answered on the show, on our Monday pod, email us at questions at priceoffootball.com. And in the meantime, I shall hand you over to Mr. Kieran Maguire, uh, who's knackered because he's been tidying the house all day because the Baroness has been away for his <laughs> his custom. I hope Finley did his bit. Did Finley tidy his house it, 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 very good because he'll, he'll just find a – if there's any sun in any of the windows in the house, that's it. He will find a way of finding it. And <laughs> it will just lie down. Um, and absorb it all. <laughs> and also, that's a good way of finding out where the dust is as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well done, Finley. <laughs> uh, yes, well, well, yeah, if you if you want to support us through uh, Patreon or Patreon or whatever it is, uh, that's fantastic. Um, if, if you want to give us some good karma, um, vote, voting is open in the 2021 FSA Awards. So if you go to uh, the fsa.org.uk, um, and vote for us in the best online presence category. That, that'd be absolutely cool. Well, we, we don't know what best online presence means, <laughs> but, but hey, a, a gong's a gong, and, and I've, I've not won. I've not won anything since getting my half colours uh, for for my cricket for, for my school cricket team in in 1979. Your half colours, my half colours. What does that mean? Uh, I'm not good enough to get my colours. Did, did you go to some kind of high fancy in public school? No, I didn't. I went to. Uh, oh, wait, I was at school in Brighton. I was a. I'm a I've, but uh, we had. You get colours. You just turn up in your tracksuit and play cricket. Not even white at my school. No, no, no. We had we had a we had a proper uh, cricket wicket. We had fantastic sports facility. In fact, Br- Brighton used to go and train on our football pitch, which oh, was yeah. yeah. This was in in the late seventies. It was absolutely fantastic. You know, Peter Ward, Mark Lawrenson, Nobby Orton. Some of your favourites. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Somebody sent me a Peter Ward T-shirt to send to you. <laughs> uh, I've slammed it in a drawer. I can't remember which drawer I slammed it in, but it's a, it's a lovely T-shirt by the look of it. Uh, ah, right. Um, yes, somebody sent me a, a beautiful uh, Fresh Prince of uh, Hilaire T-shirt. <laughs> uh, excellent. And a, and a Peter Ward shirt, which I keep forgetting to give to you. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was, was going to say something really fun. Oh, yes, we've been nominated for Best Online Presence. So basically, we've been nominated for being online. Yes. Essentially. That's the kind of least you'd expect from a podcast, <laughs> is online. Yeah, yeah. Not, we, we're, not, we're not good enough to, to be 
to, to be put in for the best podcast. No, 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 we're nowhere near that. But be <laughs> that really is put their picture up on the fridge. They haven't won anything, but put, put, put it up on the fridge is a consolation prize. We've been in, well, no, actually, I've not. You've been invited. So that's not a good sign that we've won. Even, not, we haven't even invited both of us. <laughs> but you're, you're up for another award. Uh, yes, well, five year plan are up for, yes, screw you, we're up for best podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, but we're not nominated for best online. The categories, I mean, if we love the Football Supporters Association and we're very, very proud and privileged to be nominated, but absolutely, the, cat- the categories are a little bit baffling. <laughs> I have to say, but as you say, you know, we'll we'll turn up and we'll find out where our table is, and we'll make the decision very early on that we haven't won. Because it's a, it's a short, oh here, table seventy three. Yes, here you go. <laughs> yes, that'll be us. Um, but the, the beauty is that I obviously I get all your free wine, so that's handy. Yes, yeah, yeah, you, can have, you can have my water, Kieran. I'm very generous like that. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> all right, bye everybody. Bye. The I'm for the